Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Today as we move ahead and simply want to share my heart with you as we think about what God can do in any one person's life. You know, uh, the prayer is that there would be a fire deep down in your heart, a passion burning in your life to live for God at full capacity. And I know that you've been in a series of full capacity, so we're sort of going to ride that tr- those uh, tracks today with you in, in this message uh, about the Transformation Center, about changing lives, about full capacity. Uh, we are a ministry that we believe transformation is possible, amen, that lives can be transformed. And, um, but a part of that story is that God uh, needs full capacity people to help bring that to fruition. So uh, because I believe that unless we are striving I mean striving, I mean like minute by minute, day by day, unless we're striving uh, towards full capacity with our life, I I believe that you and I could miss the greatest things that God wants to do through our lives. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's certain, I I really don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss him for a minute, I don't want to miss him for a day, I don't want to miss him for a week. I certainly don't want to miss them for a month or a year. Sometimes that can happen in our lives, but today my hope and my prayer is that we'll, wherever we are, (laughs) that we'll go a step further in the capacity that God has for our lives. You see, Transformation Center is a place that where we as an organization, as a ministry, we're striving to get to full capacity. We want to uh, do more and more and more to, to reach more and more lives, to impact the community in Brooklyn and do the things that God God wants to do in that community. We believe one day we're going to see a revitalized community in Brooklyn. We're going to see people's lives that have been changed and the hope of Christ in their life. And our hope today is that you uh, would be moving towards that same kind of capacity. I know that Seven Run as a ministry is a church that's always moving towards full capacity. I think that's why we've connected so well together because we're on the same uh, track together. And I hope today that wherever you are in this journey, that you would catch that vision of God to move your life to full capacity. You know, as a pastor, I I get to do a lot of funerals. (laughs) That kind of comes with the territory. And uh, for me, I always tell people I have kind of three congregations. I have my church congregation and the Transformation Center, that's one. And I have a family congregation that really a lot of my extended family live here in uh, Maryland. And then I also have the neighborhood congregation, the people in the community. And So when you have those three things working, uh, you can get to some interesting situations when it comes to funerals, Um, especially from the neighborhood. (laughs) Because, you know, there are a lot of times there are people that uh, I don't know whether they are a believer and things like that. And... um, I remember uh, one time I was sitting in my house at 8.30 at night, and uh, a knock came on the door, and I opened the door, and there was the funeral director uh, at my door. I don't know about you, but you don't really want a funeral director showing up at your door, right? <laughs> You're like, am I dead? Am I, am I dead, or is this a dream? What, you know, what's going on here? And uh, he said, hey, it's 8.30, I know. He goes, but the family that's down the funeral home right now 
they, they were supposed to get a pastor to do the funeral at the end of visitation at 9 o'clock. He, they didn't do that. So can you come down in 30 minutes and do a funeral? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Let me get out of my pajamas. I'll be right down. But for me, in doing a lot of funerals, one of the most discouraging things I experience is when I sit down with a family and I ask them about their loved one who's deceased. I say, can you tell me something about that person's life? And, and, and tell me a little bit about how they use their life to impact others or something that we would want to celebrate. And there are times uh, where I see a family that kind of, you know, start looking at each other and I won't say any names here, just call them JoJo. They'll go, uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah, JoJo was a good bowler. Really? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> or he was a good fisherman, or uh, uh, Sally was a good cooker, you know, she could cook really well, and that's it. You know, I think the most disheartening thing for God <laughs> is to see any of his followers come to the end of their life and not use it in a full capacity kind of way. For me, my hope is that we can move there if we're not there, or we can move further if we're sort of there. You know, the ministries that God has entrusted to us, all these ministries are designed to be full capacity ministries. God has designed you and me to operate in our life in full capacity. You know, if you talk to anybody that's uh, with any kind of secular company, they're all going to tell you, we want our company to operate at full capacity. I mean, how many times have you showed up at a hotel that's, you know, half empty and the manager saying, well, we're uh, only at half a capacity, but we're cool with that. No, they're not saying that, are they? <laughs> they want full capacity. And so when I think about even in the Christian world, we can think of some people in the Christian world that we would say, yeah, they lived a full capacity life. I think of a guy like Billy Graham, right? That man lived a full capacity life. He used all of his gifts, all of his focus, all of his passion uh, for the call of God. There's a little lady that worked in uh, India. Her name was Mother Teresa. She worked at full capacity. She used her life um, for God in, in the fullest way. Let me ask you something. If you were to go, you're probably wondering why these Cokes are here. Like, man, that pastor, man, he drinks a lot of Coke while he preaches here. Um, So let me ask you a question. If you were to go to, uh, say, Giant Food Store or one of the uh, local grocery stores around here, and you went to the shelf and you saw these two bottles of Coke uh, sitting on the shelf... um, let me ask you, uh, which one would you want to buy? By, by round of applause, this one? No, no, no. Oh, there's one. <laughs> this one. Yeah. Of course. You know, I'm dating myself right now, but, uh, my, you know, they've, they've had a lot of uh, slogans through the years, and um, my generation, this, you know, the, the real generation of the 70s, sorry, it was best music and everything else during that. But the slogan during that time for Coke was, it's the real thing. 
It's the real thing. There's a song that goes over that. I'm not going to sing it. I'll let Tank do that maybe. But um, it's the real thing. So what you're saying when you say, I'm going to go for this one and not this one, is saying, well, when I look at the two bottles, this bottle is filled to capacity with the real thing. And if I look at this bottle, it's only like a third filled to, you know, filled with the real thing. So I want one that's full capacity real thing than partially filled as a real thing. And listen, when it comes to our lives, God's design is for us to be filled to capacity with the real thing, not to be semi-filled or partially filled. My question today is the fire burning in your life? Is your heart set on fire and the passion coming out of you to live your life in full capacity for Christ? You say, what is full capacity? Full capacity, listen, is when a life is fully surrendered. I mean, fully surrendered to the full purposes of God and the daily life is lived out in such a way, listen, that um, the, the, the real passion is this, that Jesus increases and I decrease. That we move day by day into each day asking God, God, I want more of you, like the song we just sung. I want more of you in my life. I want to be filled with capacity for you. I want my heart set of fire. I want my passion to be strong, to do the things that you've called me to do. You see, here's the real story is that most followers of Christ, most lives never reach full capacity. Why is that? It's not that we're not smart enough or not outgoing enough or talented enough or spiritual enough. Usually, we don't reach full capacity, listen to this, because we're unwilling to take the necessary steps and the necessary risk to get to that place. It's included in the calling of capacity that we would get to the place where we're using our lives at, at that level, and, and, and a part of that is that we would take the risk that we would take the steps. Let me brag on your pastor for a minute. I love your pastor. Really love your pastor. And I know that he's uh, recently hit his 21st uh, anniversary. And as you sit in here today, and as you're a part of the ministry of the Church of Seven Run, aren't you thankful that 21 years ago there was a man that said to God, God, I want to live at full capacity, and I want to birth a ministry and develop a church ministry that's going to be at full capacity. And the reason uh, you're here today is because God honored that prayer, and that man lived out that prayer. Amen? He didn't ask me to say that. I just threw that in. But I love your pastor. I, I've told him privately, and, and I've shared this a couple times in public uh, when we've been together. Um, He's the most Jesus-like man I've ever been around. I know his heart is always, always trying to move to full capacity. He's always about what God is about. What church? I can't think of any church in my 
repertoire of churches. What church would open the doors to a ministry like the Transformation Center? What pastor would say, people, go work down there and serve? What pastor would do that? <laughs> Very few, if any. And, your, and your, your pastor does that all the time because it's about what God's about. How about you? How about you? What dream, what vision of God has been planted in your life that God's waiting for you to move to full capacity? What dream or vision of God is sitting in your life, sitting in your lap right now that's really untapped? Living out your vision for God is what we would call full capacity living. You say, well, how do I get there? Let me just make a few suggestions for you today. The first one is this. Don't buy the lie that you're not qualified or you're somehow disqualified. Do you hear me? Don't buy that lie. Because listen, that lie is prevalent. (laughs) That lie is, is prevalent out there that says that you're not qualified or you're disqualified for, for whatever reasons. There's a lot of people who think they don't have what it takes to be a high impact vessel of God. Listen, here's the story of God. God consistently takes ordinary people and, and he does extraordinary things through ordinary people. If you, uh, ever, Um, read the biographies of some of the greatest used vessels of God, they will all tell you it was all God and none of me. (laughs) It was him moving through us um, in many different ways. And so don't ever feel like you're not qualified. Or maybe there's something that you, uh, a place where you messed up somewhere in the past and somehow you have carried this thing like, um, I, I feel somewhat disqualified to fully engage at full capacity for God or stepping out and trusting in him. Listen, in, 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 as far as Christians are concerned, there are too many Christians sitting on the bench and not in the game. I went to a baseball game Friday night. That was painful. <laughs> and what would it have been like if in the dugout there's a full team on the bench and the game starts and no one gets off the bench to come and play on the field? That would be crazy, right? Maybe there's, say maybe there's one guy that would get off the bench. Hey, I'm playing. I don't know about you guys, but I'm playing. And how would that look for one guy to take on a team of nine other people on the field? He wouldn't do very well at all. What is it like for God's kingdom to have more people on the bench than on the field? How do you think the heart of God feels when he knows that you can be this But somehow, you're living like this. Same containers, same capacity opportunities here. One is operating at full capacity. One is kind of sputtering along at partial capacity. God wants to use you in a full capacity kind of way. So you're not disqualified. You're not unqualified. And there's a guy in the Old Testament who's one of my heroes. I love him. I love his story. His name's Moses. I like to call him Mo. 
So Mo, in the Old Testament, he, both, he struggled with both of these things. He struggled with feeling disqualified, and then he also struggled with feeling unqualified. In fact, you know, you know kind of the story. He was rescued as a baby in the river and, and by Pharaoh's daughter and brought into the palace. And then as he grew up, he became second in command with Pharaoh. And, and he had an incredible life for 40 years in the palace with Pharaoh. And then one day he's looking out and he sees the Hebrew children, the Hebrew people, God's people, who were slaves for, for Pharaoh in Egypt at that time, as you know the story. And, and then he saw um, one of the Hebrew people being harassed, and he went in and intervened the fight, and he wound up murdering a person. The next day, even the Hebrews kind of called him out on that. And when that happened, guess what happened to Mo? He, he took off. He spent 40 years in the palace, but now he's shot out into the wilderness. And for the next 40 years, he hung in the wilderness, feeling disqualified. When I look at that story and I think about 40 years doing nothing for the kingdom of God, what wasted years they were, how he bought into the lies, God, you can never use a guy like me again. Until one day, God shows up in a burning bush. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a burning bush. Oh, I've seen a bush being burned, but I've never seen a bush burning that didn't get consumed. And, and so God shows up in this burning bush. He tells Moses to take off his shoes is on holy ground. And God begins to unfold to him a calling in his life to move from partial capacity to full capacity in his life. And, and as that happened, you know, I know that God was intending to use Moses to help free the, 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 the Israel children and, and get them out of captivity and, and free them from slavery and get them to the promised land. I know that was part of the, pro, part of the uh, quest why God showed up in a burning bush. But listen, I think also part of that was to remind Moses, listen, no matter where you've been, my grace can cover you. My forgiveness can cover you. And listen, I'm the redeemer. <laughs> I can take what, what has been broken and I can fix it and, and use your life in, in an even greater, more powerful way. And Moses was buying into that and Moses was listening to that. And then what happened to Moses? He gets to the part where God starts telling him the details of what he's doing. And then the next thing that comes up in Moses' life is, uh, well, I know I'm not disqualified, but I'm sort of feeling unqualified. Come on, Moses. God's speaking to you in a burning bush. If he can do that, he can do anything. And so he began to talk to Moses, and Moses begins to give the I'm not qualified kind of responses. He's like, God, I'm not good enough. I don't have the answers that people might ask me. And people, they're going to have a hard time believing me. And I can't really speak well, God. And I just don't feel very qualified. And God's answer, you know, one of God's answers to Moses, what's that in your hand? It's a shepherd's staff. You see, in those wasted years, what this full potential vessel was doing <laughs> was tending to little old sheep. It's a song, isn't it? Wasted days and wasted, it was, I think he was singing that. 
Probably wrote it. We just, you know. <laughs> Wasting away. And listen, God said, what do you got? I, it's my shepherd's stick. God says, well, throw it on the ground. And he throws it on the ground, and it becomes a snake. He said, now pick it up. What? Pick it up. He picks it up, and it turns back to the staff. God was showing him at that moment, listen, you're not disqualified. You're not unqualified because there's coming a day soon where you're going to take that staff and there's going to be uh, millions of Hebrew children behind you that, that are trying to get through this thing called the Red Sea and you're going to raise that staff to me and you're going to speak over that water and it's going to divide in half and it's going to provide a pathway of freedom from the slavery of the children of Israel into the promised land, Moses. I'm going to use you. You're not unqualified. Guess what? Neither are you. Neither are you. Question is, what's in your hand? What is it that you have, as big or as little as you think it is, what is it in your hand, and surrender it to God. Risk it to him, and let him have it. And watch the way in which he works. Surrender whatever you have and watch God do his thing. And then secondly, step into the realm of the impossible. Amen? The question with this is this. Are you living a possible life? Is everything you're doing possible? (laughs) Is it in the realm of possibility? If so, let me just say something. You're so, so very far from a full capacity kind of life that God's calling you into. For your information, God usually doesn't show up in the realm of possible. He only shows up in the realm of the impossible. That's where God shows off and shows up. Shows off, that's good too. I like that. We used to always say, you know, we want to be so far off the limb of the tree that only a miracle of God will save us. In our normal possible lives, we often ask God in that process, okay, God, I want to follow you, but listen, can you reduce some of the odds so it can make this step a little easier? And you know what God says? No. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stack the odds. So it seems impossible to you. So you're forced to trust me, and you can see that I can overcome, and I can provide you all that you need. God's most powerful work always operates in the realm of the impossible. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, then listen, they're insulting to God. Sorry, it's true. When you're in the realm of the impossible... That's where you discover everything that you need is only found in God. In the Old Testament, in Genesis, they found God to be Elohim, which means mighty God. <laughs> and in Isaiah 41, he de- sort of defines that. He says, for, fear not, God says, for I am with you. 
Uh, And if God's with us, what else do we need, really? What else do we need? For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God will do the possible in your life if you let him. For me, uh, my journey started 29 years ago, July 4th, as we arrived in Baltimore with a passion to see a city come to know Christ. God planted a dream and a vision in my heart and in my life for his kingdom in the city. And in the early 90s, we launched a teen center called the Mallory Center, where we saw hundreds, and I'm not kidding, hundreds of teenagers give their life to Christ over a five-year period. In fact, the Millers are here, Kenny and Laura are here. They were part of that journey for 18 years. In the mid-90s, we launched a church, Streetlight Christian Fellowship. Kenny was my worship pastor. Nearly 10 years ago, we launched the Child Development Center at Streetlight. And then five years ago, we've launched the Transformation Center. And listen, I want you to know that all of those have been in the realm of the impossible. (laughs) I always tell people I'm far beyond any of the resources that I have. All I know is this. God says, this is where I want to do. This is where I want to go. And I'm like, yes, God, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be living one second, even though it happens from time to time. But I don't want to be living one second outside of the impossible. I want to always be in the place where we're looking for the next miracle to do what God wants to do. Because listen, in 29 years, he has never, ever failed. Never, ever failed. He is always supplied. He's not early. He's not late. Right on time. Kills me sometimes. But right on time, he's been faithful. One of my hallmark verses that I love is this. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Think about that. Your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, your mind has not imagined The things that God has prepared for you. So here's the deal. Imagine the best use of your life, and God says, guess what? I can top that. Imagine what uh, the best way that you could use every single resource in your world. God says, I can top that. Guess what? Nothing that you've seen, nothing that you've heard, nothing that you've imagined can top what God's already prepared for you, for me, to live at a full capacity kind of life. So the next thought is this, take a risk because what you do, listen, what you do really matters. You see, Jesus could have thought about any strategy, right? To get his gospel message across to everybody in this world. He could have chose any strategy, but his strategy that he chose was to use you and me, followers, hopefully full capacity followers of Jesus to do the work that he intends to do. 
Remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000? <laughs> so they're out and about in this huge crowd of 5,000, and some theologians say, you know, it probably didn't, wasn't counting women and children, and so probably more like fifteen to 20,000 people in the crowd, and, and then it gets around dinner time, and, and Jesus is like, okay, disciples, feed the crowd. What? <laughs> feed this crowd? It would take a year's wages to do this. We, there's not enough McDonald's and Burger Kings and Chick-fil-A's around here to make that happen. Jesus said, well, then figure out what you got. <laughs> so out of nearly 15,000, 20,000 people, there's only one kid with two fish, five loaves of bread. They're going, <laughs> what are you going to do with that, Jesus? He's getting the fish. There are two people, you know, we're going to feed maybe five or ten people. What about the other thousands of people? Jesus said, give, give them to me. Because mm, 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 mm. in that day, I think, <laughs> there was a moment for that kid, for Jesus to say to him, what's in your hands? <laughs> Let me have it. Because Jesus took it, and you know the story, of course, and multiplied it and fed everybody till they were filled. And then I love this about the story. Then they took up how many baskets? Twelve baskets. All the disciples are standing around, all 12. I'm sure Jesus went like, okay, Peter, here you go. There's in leftovers. Leftovers. You didn't think I could do this, but look, there's leftovers everywhere. What Jesus was trying to say that moment, listen, what you thought was impossible, with me, it's possible. So erase that out of your vocabulary, because if you're going to live a full capacity, following me kind of life, guess what? I work in the realm of the impossible. And to get there, we need to take a risk. I must risk what I have in order to see God do the miracles that I know that he wants to do. Chris Conway, that was in the video that you saw earlier, moving from Washington State, his family all the way over to Maryland, coast to coast, by faith. In fact, Chris already resigned from his position out there by faith. I don't have a salary to give him yet. We're work, working by faith. We're working in the impossible. We're saying, you know, God, we know that you want a school. God, we know that you want a director of the school. And we're going to move as you move. And we're going to trust as, as you're calling us to trust. And so we're moving that way. Do you notice what he said? It can be a little scary. <laughs> and it probably doesn't make a lot of sense if, unless you know Jesus. Unless you know the impossible God that can do impossible things that moves us into a fully engaged, full capacity kind of life. But let me connect the dot for a moment here. And this is why this is so important. By Chris saying yes to the call of God to come be the director of the Transformation Academy, by him saying, God, I want to be at full capacity and I want to live in the impossible zone, that plays right into the desire of the Transformation Center 
to operate in full capacity, to move where God's moving, and to operate that way day in and day out. And so when his life is at full capacity, it enables us to go further in full capacity. And that's the way it works in ministry. When you and this church move into full capacity, then this church moves further into a fuller capacity for God. God has always worked that way, and he desires for all of us to be engaged and take the risk because what we do, listen, what we do, matters it matters you may not think it sometimes you may say who am I and what can I do and how can I impact life listen God wants to use your life you're an important ingredient in the chain of what he wants to do don't feel like you're unqualified. Don't feel like you're disqualified. Don't feel like you, you know, you've got to have uh, this and that and this and that. Listen, let me tell you something about God. He don't worry about your abilities. All he worries about is your availability. You say yes to God, then he can take care of the rest. But it's waiting for you to make the move to realize the dream. Because when you move that way, and you're fully engaged. This whole front row, I could tell all their stories. That's their story as well. They're, they're, they're trusting God. They're stepping out faith. faith and, and they're living in an impossible zone. What you do really matters. You know, one day we want to be a seven-day-a-week, 24-hour operation. We want to be a beacon of light. We want, to, we want to see transformation happen in lives through Christ, and we want to see families restored and hope restored in a community that's very, very much in need of overcoming some huge obstacles. But let me tell you something. There are incredibly great people in Brooklyn. We love them, love them, love them, don't we? And so that's why we're moving ahead in fuller capacity with the school We're also uh, about to uh, launch a business uh, track, and uh, we're going to be hopefully opening soon uh, our first business. It's going to be a t-shirt company. So uh, Pastor Drew, if you're listening, we want all your business for your t-shirts in the future. (laughs) But um, Jeremy's here today. Jeremy's helping us do do that, um, along with another guy from our ministry, and those two are now collaborating as we speak about how to get this off the ground. So one day, we can help solve unemployment and underemployment and the unemployable and give them jobs and get them in a career and, and help in that area. Education with the school, addiction, um, you know, the, I can't tell you how many times that Jessica is up in that room talking people through um, their situation with addiction. And, and it's incredible what happens uh, through life needs at the Transformation Center and, and how she's able to help. So there's so much happening, but we want to keep moving fuller and fuller to uh, the capacity that God has for us. So take a risk. One of my favorite missionaries is a guy named Jim Elliott. <laughs> and um, he's, he lost his life by trying to reach some people in a tribal kind of environment. But in his diary, he wrote this right before his death. He said, he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. 
Whatever you do for the kingdom in the impossible zone at full capacity goes on for all of eternity. What you do in the possible is gone. Gone. Listen, God wants you and he wants most of all your faithfulness to his calling in your life because this, listen to this, your faithfulness will lead to his fruitfulness in your life. He wants to bear incredible fruit in your life. He wants to see his vision for his kingdom come through your life. And he wants you to live a full capacity life, but you've got to be faithful. Because when you're faithful, then you begin, people begin to see the evidence of God and the passion of God in your life. I was years ago in North Carolina, and uh, if you go to North Carolina, they have uh, banana pudding. It's actually tapioca banana pudding. (laughs) So banana pudding and a little bit of whipped cream, or as we say in Baltimore, whoop cream. So we go in this lady's house, and she is in her 80s. We're there from a church ministry trying to, we're told that she she doesn't know Christ. She, you know, can you talk to her about Jesus? We go in. She's sitting in a rocking chair, and she's rocking away. She goes, oh, come on in, sweetheart. You know, she's got that southern thing going on. She's in her rocking chair. Next thing I know, she goes, she has a spittoon next to her chair. She's chewing tobacco. I'm like, ah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> kind of gross. Uh, and she, you know, got a wad on there. She goes, yeah, sweetheart, yeah, that's what I do. And so we're like, so we start talking about her about, you know, uh, why, where are you with Jesus? Why? She goes, let me tell you something. I hear all these people saying they're Jesus followers, but I don't see a lot of evidence in their life. I don't see a lot of people living for Jesus. And we're like, well, you know, maybe this, maybe. she goes, no, here's the deal. The proof is in the pudding. This is good pudding, by the way. Maybe I'll have you pray for 10 minutes silently while I finish this up. It is really good. And I looked up this whole proverb about, it's called a proverb, and it really means the proof is in the eating of the pudding is the full statement. And what she was saying is basically, you can tell me this is good pudding, you can show me that it looks like it's good pudding, but until you taste it and experience it, I'm not going to tell you it's good pudding. The proof is in the pudding and what I think of it after I taste it. For you and for me, it's going to be about living our life so that others can see the fire set ablaze in your heart, the passion of God oozing out of your life, and you being faithful to God because the proof is in the pudding. You know, um, the biggest task sometimes with us is, is to live at this level all the time. This level, listen, 
To stay here means that you have to be faithful. Faithful to God no matter what. Because you know what happens when you step into full capacity? Guess who shows up? The enemy, right? And he tries to force you out. <clears throat> he tries to squash you down. And he tries to make, make you less effective and at lesser capacity. There's a guy, <clears throat> a pastor, um, named Scott Watson. He, he did this thing, and uh, I'm going to try it with you. I did it last service. They took videos of this, but <clears throat> it's called the faithful kind of dance. Drew's not here, right? We can, I can do it. But what he was saying, and what I'm saying here today, is that what matters is that we're faithful even when the obstacles come into our life. Because as soon as we stand up, the enemy's going to try to knock us down. And so the most important thing we can do is to remain faithful. And so that's where the dance comes in. So remain faithful, 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 faithful. Faithful, 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 faithful. You can applaud anytime. Faithful, 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 faithful. When the obstacles come, faithful. When the discouragement comes, faithful. When the challenges come, faithful, 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 faithful in your life. Because one day, don't we want to live this full capacity life so that we walk into eternity and we hear from Jesus, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because the journey's hard and the journey's long, but it matters what you do. (laughs) God wants you at full capacity. If that's going to happen, then you got to begin to pray like you've never prayed before. Here's what it, I love this statement. If you pray regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. That's the impossible zone. You know, we need to be praying. One author said this, the, the transcript of your prayers are really the script of your life. And I'm confident here today even, that you may be one prayer away, one dream away, one of a promise that may be delivered in your life if you say yes to God. You know, the greatest tragedy in life, I think, more than any other tragedy, are prayers that are unanswered because they're unasked. Joshua says this, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things in your life. C.T. Studd, a British missionary, said this, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Are you living a full capacity life? You can get there like that today all you've got to say is yes Lord take me you've got what's in my hands 
I'm moving to the impossible. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to rebuke this feelings of being disqualified or unqualified. And I'm going to walk into the dream, the plan that you established while I was in my mother's womb. And I'm going to walk in that all the days of my life. And I'm going to live for you and the glory of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we just thank you. Lord, you're our amazing God. And Lord, we know that because of you, our lives can be changed right now. So would you just say this in your own way in the seat where you're at? God, set my heart on fire. Let your passion burn in me right now. Move me, God, to full capacity for you. Whatever that means, you have what's in my hand. I lay it at your feet. And I'm going to let the transcript of my prayer be the script of my life. May my days from here on out be lived for the glory and the kingdom of God. All God's people said. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, Live Jesus and believe big.